Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Believe in Viking Show. I'm your host, Austin Baker, here with Ron Saw and Sal Spice. Brian McKinney is off tonight. He's in Hawaii. He'll be back next week. It's Super Bowl week. Of course, the Vikings aren't playing in it, so we won't dabble too much into Super Bowl stuff, maybe aside from some predictions at the end. We're here to talk about the hire of a defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a linebackers coach there, and the head coach for three years of the Miami Dolphins. We'll chat for about 30 minutes tonight about Mr. Flores and what he'll bring to the 2023 Vikings. Foremost, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs, which are nearly complete, to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, and player news and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores from almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, leagues, and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. This is Believe in Vikings, and we're on February 8th. After 18 days, the Vikings found a defensive coordinator. We went through a little bit of an odyssey of trying to figure out who the hell it was. Ultimately, there were, let's see, four guys interviewed, and we thought it would be five with Ajiro Averro, but he took a Panthers job. So, uh, Sally, I know that you've been kind of in and out of the news cycle this week, but when the Vikings landed on Flores, um, were you relieved that it was over? Did you want a Vero? What do we got for Flores? Yeah, I have not been online very much the last couple weeks, but, but uh, I was just so relieved that it was over. Honestly, like the speculation, the um, the arguing that I kind of observed of of what people thought were best and what people thought was absolute suicide to go with and and all of that got to be a lot um and you know the last time we had the show what was it two weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh we talked about flores and it seems like pretty much everyone um is confident in his abilities and pretty much almost everyone is is happy with the signing so i feel all of those things as well and geez i'm just so happy that it's over with it seems like it took forever (laughs) Yeah, I looked back at 2021 and it took until February 9th to officially name Clint Kubiak 
But that one didn't really have as much suspense because he was kind of just assumed it would just be a Kubiak in-house special. But this one did have a suspense because some of us are of the mindset that, you know, God, if you can get this defense not to be trashy against Daniel Jones and and company, then what's it? Well, maybe they can be frisky next year. Uh, Ron Flores, it was ultimately him, not Averro. What do you got, Ron? Well, if you recall, a couple weeks ago, I did say that Flores was my top option. I remember last year when uh, we were doing our head coaching search um, mm-hmm. Flores was a guy that was on my list of someone who I would have loved to have so the fact that we can get him as a defensive coordinator um, you know a year later um, I'm ecstatic about it I think he, he he's that guy that he again come from the Belichick tree like that will obviously always be talked about but you look at just his aggressive nature on a defense and um, the way he mixes things up and he was making Miami's defense, you know, overperform before they, you know, got a bunch of talent on that team. So um, I, I love it. I'm extremely excited that he's the guy. Um, and, you know, Sally's point, it is funny because whenever anyone went off the board or whatever, it was, Oh, we're going to get stuck. Whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, again, just like any little thing in Vikings Twitter where everyone behind a keyboard knows better than the guys in the office or they know what their plans are and that type of stuff. Um, whereas, and I'll admit, um, like, I feel like when it comes to like random names, personnel around the league, I feel like I know more than the average fan as far as names. And I didn't, I knew nothing about um, Averro before his name came up in whatever. So for anyone else to say that they, oh, that's who we wanted. We lost him to the Panthers. Are we, our situation is so dire here that no one wants to come here. Bullshit. Like, don't fucking look at me and say that you knew who this guy was other than a position for a team that had an elite defense. Um, now, again, like that name was intriguing because of how great that defense was. Um, but again, I like the Flores. I like the fiery nature of it. It's almost when you look at him and O'Connell um, as if you, again, O'Connell's a head coach, but now he has a guy with head coaching experience, but they're kind of like fire and ice. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas O'Connell so. is this calm, laid back nature guy. And again, like I talked about a couple weeks ago against the Bengals, when um, I think it was the Bengals, um, Flores is out there like, actively about to fight <laughs> Bengals players. He's standing up for his players. So um, I love that out of a defensive guy. Um, maybe that might not be what some teams want as a head coach, uh, but I mean, I love it. And you know, my admiration for Mike Tomlin and the fact that Mike Tomlin basically was like, I'm not letting this guy sit out. Like, so we'll give him a job here. Um, even if it's just a one year thing. So um, if Tomlin's, if, if you get the stamp of approval from Tomlin, I'm all for it. And I wish McKinney was here to talk about it because being in Miami, I'm sure he, uh, you know, has a little more inside information about Flores. Yeah. We'll have to can remember. You, mm-hmm. Can you um, go on a little bit more about um, what Mike Tomlin said about the Mike Tomlin situation? So Tomlin, like he was with Ryan Clark. Um, like I, I don't know if he's regular on their podcast, but uh, basically, you know, when Flores um, was let go from Miami and, you know, like that whole lawsuit thing was uh, coming up with the, the Brian Dable or whatever the text messages, uh, um, Tomlin ba- basically said that he didn't want to just give a guy a job like just that was beneath him like that he okay. thought was beneath him but then when he saw that all these jobs are being taken up he was like i'm not gonna okay, let this guy sit it. out like i'm gonna give him an opportunity just to come be on the coaching staff here so um 
you know, it was, and I don't know if they have a relationship outside of, or, you know, before from football, but it just sounded like Tom was like, this guy can't be away from football. Like it's not in his nature, nor is it a benefit for the sport. So, you know, again, if they, if Tomlin's going out of his way, just to make sure that this guy has steady employment, <laughs> that's good yeah. enough for me. Good point. Sally, during this, this cycle of defensive coordinator hires, I think there was only three guys that would be candidates that would be guaranteed to make your defense better in one off season. And that would be Vic Fangio. We probably won't like this, but Mike Zimmer, if all he was do was ask was to be a defensive coordinator, he wasn't coming back. And then Brian Flores. So what does the hire of Flores, if you agree with that opinion, do to your early prognosis of the 2023 team? Well, instantly I'm going to have more confidence in the defense. I mean, I know they can get much worse statistically, but uh, I would expect them to move up the ranks uh, at least a few positions. Or, um, and then what? Oh my gosh, I'm losing my train of thought already. But yeah, it's, it's very exciting. I, um, it does move the needle for me. I don't think many of the other names would have. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if they go four, three, three, four, what's going to happen with that. Um, I'm really excited to see, um, his input on the draft and who he thinks are going to be, uh, good selections for them since we know that some guys are going to need to be replaced as well as I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about the current roster and who should stay and who should go since there's big decisions there as well. Ron, every year at this point in the off season, maybe a couple weeks later than right now, we kind of have a pivotal item that determines whether or not the team is going to go all in or is going to start to explore a rebuild. It usually involves Kirk Cousins. Uh, this year, since he's under contract, I think it's a no-brainer that he'll be on the team at least for one more season. And this year, it was the who do they get for defensive coordinator. If they would have got, you know, Jim Davis, the cameraman for the Texans, then you could have expected like a transformational year. But no, they went and got probably the top candidate you could dream of next to Vic Fangio. So what is what does the Flores tell you about the aspirations of the 2023 team? I mean, I think it fits right in line with what Quasi's been talking about all along. Like, it's a competitive rebuild. Um, you don't do that if you're, um, or you you don't bring, you're not able to get a guy like Brian Flores, um, who is still potentially up for a head coaching job. And what it sounds like, no one just wants to work with Kyler Murray in that old situation that's going on there. Um, but here's a guy that you're able to get on your coaching staff in a situation where. We were, again, near the bottom of the league in, in almost every defensive metric. And he looks at it as an opportunity with whether, whether it's the talent or just the opportunity, um, whether it's the young guys that we've drafted over the past couple of years that due to injury or whatnot. Like you look at Lewis Seen, like maybe he, Brian Flores is in Miami when they drafted Javon Holland as a safety. And that's I know that's a comp that I've seen kind of out there as far as the physical makeup where – Javon Holland, you know, he was great this year and he looks like an absolute stud. So whether the veterans with Harrison Smith, Eric Hendricks, those high, high dollar guys, what that means for them, I'm not sure. But I know I, you guys or Dustin, you probably seen it on Twitter, like Harrison Smith and a Flores type defense. That's huge because it's a lot of bringing the safety. It's near the box. It's a lot of commotion up front. So uh, again, for Vikings fans um, who like you and I, who did appreciate the Zimmer defense with the, the innovativeness of it, um, Flores runs kind of a 
three, four and four, three kind of a mixed, like again, that Patriot style, but it's just the commotion. The mm-hmm. You're basically doing things. You're playing chess games of, of, uh, you know, moving guys in between the a gaps outside, you know, you don't know who's coming like kind of like the Steelers of just of their entire legacy where it's, you never, you know, six guys are coming every time, but you have no idea which ones. So if that scheme can line up with the the corners that we have, whether it's Dantzler and, uh, and Booth, the big physical man cover corners, maybe you can get the best out of them. Duke Shelley obviously showed his worth. And then, you know, you add someone, I know Cortland Sutton's now being talked about as a, not Cortland Sutton. Um, Cameron. The, 22 on the Steelers, Cameron Sutton, that's it. Um, but um, that's a would be a great upgrade over Shannon Sullivan, which, you know, my disdain for him. So, um, I mean, there's pieces there. Brian Asamoah, he's a guy, at least uh, comparably speaking. Um, if you, you know who Jerome Baker is on the Dolphins, a fast linebacker who's, you know, he's not, you know, near the top of the league. He's not Fred Warner, but he – he shines in spurts. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do with those type of players um, in not playing soft. <laughs> Sally, before the Flores news, like over half the defense was candidates to not be with the team next year, whether it was Harrison Smith, who's probably not going anywhere. Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, Daniel Hunter's contracts, pretty wimpy. Zedarius Smith. Uh, and that's not even co- including the cornerbacks who are free agents, Patrick Peterson and Duke Shelley. So what do you think? <clears throat> do you think that a lot of those guys now stay because of Flores? Or do you think that this doesn't change the personnel landscape? I don't know how much it can change it just from um, a salary cap perspective. They're going to have to make decisions. So I, I I don't know how much it can change it. I agree with you that I think Harrison will most likely stick around. My personal hope is that Eric Kendricks sticks around. He's uh, one of the few that I feel like I have a bit of an emotional attachment to. So I would love to see him stay. But um, and of course, I want Duke Shelley extended as as well. But, um, you know, just like I said, with the Quasi KOC thing, uh, we're going to have fresh eyes on the situation. And um, I, I trust whatever they come up with. I need to know your attachment guys. Cause I don't think I know those. Who are they? Can you rattle uh, them Kendrick's off? might be the only one right now. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think we already named two Eric Hendricks and Duke Shelley. Uh, okay. Let's see. I love KJ. Of course. Um, who else? I wasn't prepared. I'm a little bit drawing a blank, but. Those are I I I just I don't have them as much as I used to. They're kind of few and far between these days. So yeah, uh, yeah. Is uh, CJ Hammer Dalvin I mean, Cook? They're not really. No. No. Adam Thielen is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So yeah. The, oh, how the mighty no, have fallen. I. Uh, I. Uh, yeah. We. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean. I, I don't have anything against most of those guys, but I'd, I'm CJ Ham is a great story. I do love CJ Ham, but I'm going to guess that uh, Harrison Smith's one of your attachment guys. I hope, right? Maybe before a couple years ago. Oh, okay. All right. Before last off season. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. All right, Ron. So. <clears throat> I was under the assumption that like, you know, three weeks ago, right after the Giants lost, that they wouldn't be as bold or lucky to get Flores. So I presumed right off the bat 
that Jordan Hicks was for sure a goner because Brian Osabois is chilling. Eric Kendricks can be released and save nine million bucks. I didn't know about Harrison Smith. I figured he would take a pay cut. And then the rest of it, Dalvin Tomlinson, you're not sure. Patrick Peterson, Duke Shelley. <clears throat> so it felt like a recipe for like a defense that would be 75% different. Now, though, if Flores comes here, I don't know that he wants to just get a hodgepodge of dudes to work with. I think he probably wants some of this establishment. Where do you land on that, Ron? Well, yeah, I think it's kind of a combination of both. It's He wants the established players that he knows what he can get out of them, but also he may want to put his own stamp on things. So whether it's, um, you know, again, schematically or individual players, like I'm sure he's going to look at it as like he, there's guys in the draft or free agency that he sees that would be a good fit. And it's going to kind of have that blend to things. So um, again, I, I would love to see a lot of the guys return, but again, it's all the money thing. It's, I love Eric Kendricks. I think he, I think he underperformed in this style of defense because I think he was asked to do some things that he just wasn't uh, either used to or capable of. Uh, and even with like Hunter and Smith, and I know like I complained a lot that they're dropping in coverage, and it's not that they're dropping in coverage because I get that mixing things up, but they're dropping in coverage and there's no pressure coming from elsewhere. Flores drops his ends, linebackers, in coverage a lot. But the difference is, if he, they're dropping in coverage, someone is coming off the edge. Someone's coming up right up the middle. So you are you can get those guys and let their athleticism take over. But if you're not getting any pressure, then you're just putting these guys on an island. And unless you have, you know, prime Darrell Rivas out there covering everywhere, you're not going to do anything. So, um, So I would like to see – it'll be interesting to see how it goes – how they navigate the salary cap because yes, the names obviously Dalvin, there's going to be a lot of money that can be freed up there. Dealing um, what guys are getting um, pay cuts or extensions. Um, but you know, we'll have to see how crazy plays that out. But uh, obviously we can't just run it back <laughs> one because of how they played, but two, because of we're 19 million over the cap. Yeah. We're going to do that in a little final segment. Um, with all their seven cap casualty guys, and I'm just going to ask for a yes or no from all of you on each guy. You don't even have to give an explanation um, whether or not they come back. Yeah, on the thing about dropping Daniil and Zadarius into coverage, you nobody would give a shit if they were ranked like ninth in yards allowed and we had those guys. You could put Dalvin Tomlinson back in coverage. We wouldn't care if right. the defense was working. So this paranoia that, oh, we're still going to have Hunter and Zadarius in coverage. Who cares if the defense is good? You could put them out there all you want if they're not right. ranked 31st in yards allowed. It, it was the frustration of this isn't working. We have this bend but don't break bullshit. And then we have our two best edge rushers guarding wide receivers. And that was stupid. But if the if the defense is rocking and rolling, then yeah, put them out there as much as you need, Brian. We don't care. Uh, Sally, on the, the draft, which is about two and a half months away. Okay. Uh, the last question applicable to Flores that I want to ask you, ma'am, is... Does this change the scope of the Vikings draft outlook now that they have a new cook in the kitchen defensively? Um, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. I don't know if it will change so much on the philosophy, but perhaps we'll change on um, maybe we'll bring some different players to their radar that maybe they weren't thinking about previously that Flores has been scouting or that he thinks would be good fits for him. and. Um, yeah, so I think maybe it'll broaden their horizons as far as who they may target, but I don't know 
um, how much of an overall philosophy and as far as what positions they're going to pursue and stuff will be. Ron, our pal Jordan Reed, who's been on the show twice, and hopefully he'll be on next, what, eight weeks or so. Sally, I'll have to do her thing there. Um, He tweeted after the Flores hire, I think his one tweet about the topic is boom or something like that. The Vikings are probably going to go cornerback now with one of their first picks or second picks. Do you feel that Mr. Reed is correct? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, I, I, one, I'll never doubt what his insider research is because I think he's elite at what he does. Um, but also, this is an extremely deep cornerback class. Um, like you're looking at the guys who are being taken in the 20s, and that's Joey Porter Jr., uh, along with some other guys whose names I'm um, not too familiar with, but they're ones that. I do know recognize as being identified as top t- top tier type talent. So I'm not saying you're getting a sauce Gardner or Patrick Sertan um, at 23 where we're at, but there's some guys that will be going in that in those mid twenties that in other drafts would be, you know, top two cornerbacks off the board. I don't know if I, I'm lost or not, but. Oh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it, it, I think positional value and, and team need kind of blend at that spot where cornerback fits. Um, I personally would like to see, a, um, a again, unless we sign a Duran Payne, like kind of that type of defensive lineman. Um, but again, I don't know if there's a, a first round grade on guys there, but whatever they decide to do, um, you know, I'm sure as the combine takes place and, you know, unless I fall in love with uh, another Tariq Woolen type player, show me a six, four cornerback that runs four, three, and I'll, I'll pound the table for him again. <laughs> I think in terms of interior defensive line, Brian Breesey is the only one that would maybe fall to Vikings. And that's probably a huge long shot. Otherwise, uh, yeah, you are correct. Edge rusher and I've seen corner. Him going second round in some mock drafts so. Yeah, it's weird because if you I, look, if you look at the big boards, he's usually top fifteen, and then you wonder, right. all right, is he like Jordan Davis, where he will be there? Um, but we'll learn a lot more about his drag stuff. <clears throat> drag stuff, excuse me, after the combine. All right, here's uh, here's what we're gonna do to end the show. I'm gonna go through. I think that there are this. This does not include trades or free agents. This includes dudes that are bona fide cap casualty candidates. So I'm going to go around the horn. You can just say yes or no, whether or not they are on the 2023 team. Ron Dalvin Cook, yes or no? Was he on the 2023 Vikings? No. Sally, Mr. Dalvin Cook, no. Okay. No. And I mean, yeah, as good as he is, I never understood that extension to begin with. I think pretty much everyone, not everyone, but the the mentality of the league now is that you don't you don't pay running backs um, that much money. He shouldn't be taking up that much of the cap. And there's not that much of a drop off um, between him and, and Madison. And not that we know he'll be here either. But yeah, no to Dalvin. I think to your point, Alec, it's I. I I had no problem paying Dalvin because I think he was worth it. He was one of the top two or three all around backs in the league 
league. But I, what I look at it now is he's in that lifespan stage where I don't think the dollars is going to match up with the production. And while he might still go somewhere and get about the same amount of money, good for him. I don't, I want to see him do well. I don't think for this team, it's right. Um, to, and I think with cutting cap, that's why I don't think he'll be back. So whether it's Madison or someone, now people on Twitter claiming that Chandler can be the number one back. Like let's pump the brakes there. Like <laughs> a, a backfield of Chandler and Wong Wu. Um, the, you know, it, that will not be the case. There will be a different running back one. If that, if it's down to those two, I think on cook <clears throat> paying 14 million to a running back at any time, um, is something that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer would do. However, now Quasi Dafamensa and Kevin O'Connell will not do. I don't think you can be a money ball savant and then turn around and pay a running back. who's going to be 28, $14 million. Otherwise it's really fucked up money ball. Uh, it doesn't subscribe to how we usually do things. Uh, Sally CJ ham on the 2023 roster or not. Uh, I'm going to say no. <clears throat> I say I no as I well. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I don't think they need a fullback and, I'm going to say no as well because he was used on 15% of offensive plays. Um, with Zimmer, it was usually around 40%. Ron, CJ Ham, back or not? No, just the position. It's barely used in the in O'Connell's offense. <clears throat> I'll take this one. Jordan Hicks, off-ball linebacker. He can be cut for a savings of $5 million. I do not think he'll return because they have Brian Asamoah waiting. Sally, Jordan Hicks back, yes or no? No, I think Asamoah showed that he can handle it, and it's his turn. Ron Hicks is 30 years old. He'll be 31 next season. Back or no? Nope. That $5 million in cap savings is too uh, big of a number. The biggest cap save savings that can be had out of all these guys is Eric Kendricks. <clears throat> if he is, if he was released on March, blah, 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 the Vikings would save uh, $9.5 million. Ron, is he back? Yes or no? I don't want Sally to hate me, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he is. Uh, I think Asimo will be one of the linebackers, and I think the other linebacker uh, is either a rookie or uh, or, or a veteran that they bring in, more of a, a thumper type. Um, to let Asimo be the speed guy and have uh, – whether. You know, like an EJ Henderson type player. Blocked and reported. <laughs> I've uh, I've ticked Sally off <laughs> in know, the past know, in sorry. the <laughs> three years that I've known her, and she's never never blocked or reported or banned <laughs> me. So I'm safe in saying that I do believe Hendricks. <laughs> I think he'll be released uh, only because the cap savings is is too big for a team that's underwater by 23 million at the moment. Sally, this is your platform. <clears throat> Look, Eric Hendricks has a baby on the way, okay? He cannot <laughs> he cannot be unemployed for any amount of time. It's just not going to happen. Uh I think that he will be back with a re- with a restructured contract, not the current contract. Okay. Yeah, and then so you'd have Flores using Kendricks and some Asamoa magic with the assumption that Donatel probably messed things up in general. I think that would be the working mindset if, if Kendricks is back. All right, we got a couple more. Absolutely, and also just that he is... Oh, sorry, I was going to say just that he is the leader of the defense, at least one of them. I think we would agree maybe the other one will be Patrick Peterson, of course, but 
we don't know it. I, I just think Eric Kendricks is such a, is so important to um, this team from a leadership standpoint. And then, I mean, given his track record, I know he's getting older, but outside of last year, he has always stepped up to the plate and um, performed well. So I, I think that he, I think he would want to stay here, especially with um, his longevity. And like I said, he's got a baby on the way and all the things he does for the community. Um, so I, I, I do think he would take a pay cut. And just to be clear, like, I'm not advocating for us to lose any of these guys. Oh, I know. There's no one on the, uh, that that is up to be gone that isn't a likable person who hasn't produced, hasn't been, you know, great for us. Um, I think it's just the where we're at uh, with salary cap and age and and production of last year. So, uh, Ron, this one is probably only 39. 39 is the only one that I uh, have been dead against. This one is probably the least sexy on the list, but it's on there. Nevertheless, Chris Reed is scheduled to make 2.75 million. Is that too much for a backup guard? I guess I don't know what a backup guard goes for, so it's hard to tell. Uh, and that could be a value deal for a guy who came in and played center um, in spurts and uh, minus being thrown in right away. It's played well. Um so I have no idea, um, you know, whether it be him, Oli Udo. Uh, I think our starting five linemen will all return and some cohesiveness will be nice. Um, but what they do for backups, no clue. Sally, Chris Reed, backup guard and center. Um, I'm kind of with Ron there where I, I don't know what the going rate is for one of those, but um always scared to lose any depth um, on this <laughs> offensive line. So I, I guess if he's the best, if he's the best option out there for a backup, <laughs> backup lineman, you better pay him. The next one is fascinating because uh, Zedaria Smith, uh, he had half of a sack in the season's final nine games. However, he's the pressures were still there, but he can be cut for $12.1 million worth of savings if Flores or Quazy Kevin want to do so, uh, does Zadarius, he has a team friendly deal. Does he get cut, Sally? So, yeah, Zadarius is a tough one um, because, like you said, I mean, the contrast between the beginning of the season and the second half of the season, it, it you can't really make it up. It was just so drastic. I, of course, would like for him to stay. I, I think that Flores will get more. Um, of out of him and, and Daniel both as far as pressuring the quarterback goes and, and get back to that productivity as far as sacks go. But that is a lot of money that they can potentially save. So I think if I had to choose, I'm going to say no. Ron, if they release Zedarius, that would indicate they're probably going to draft an edge rusher in the first three picks or so this April, or they really like Patrick Jones. Uh, what say you on Zedarius? I think he'll be back. Um, um, I, if that's restructuring, I'm not sure, but I think scheme. Um, again, you go back to his time in in New England, and not saying that Zadarius Smith is like Dante Hightower, like that type of guy, because I know he's more of an edge rusher, but someone who can do multiple things um, on the front, um, whether that's rushing from the defensive tackle spot or outside. I think that's Flores wants those versatile guys. 
Yeah, with the Flores hire, <clears throat> I believe that both Hunter and Zadarius will be back. I didn't know. I was torn about a week ago. But now that we have a guy that probably doesn't want to start with an inch in, uh, empty kitchen cupboard, I think both of them will be back. All right, the last one, Ron, is Adam Thielen. I think he's out. And I think that's the one that the fan base will be the toughest with because, again, even though he's from Detroit Lakes, not the Twin Cities, um, he's still a Minnesota kid and uh, uh, Mankato State. And, like, the story is fantastic. Uh, but that money for a wide receiver, too, um, especially when you have to pay wide receiver one uh, <laughs> coming up, um, I don't think – and I don't think – there's no reason for him to take – uh, to, to take um, less money. There's no reason for any player to ever do it if asked. Um, so that's kind of the frustrating thing because he would think that he would want to end here. Not frust- I'm not saying frustrating about him, but the situation. Um, so, but you can't pay him and the, that production. And he, he did look like age was getting the better of him. Um, not to say he can't be productive still, but he, I think Osborne has usurped him as the number two, as far as, um, dynamic ability um but then that's way too much money for the for a slot guy sally i'm feeling is scheduled to make about 20 million dollars at least per cap hit and i don't know he can be released after june 1st and i think i think they save 13 million after yeah 13.4 million after june 1st otherwise if they do it beforehand it's only 6 million so that one's adds another little fold to it what say you on Thielen? Uh, I agree with Ron again. I think um, for all of the reasons that that he mentioned, and as well as I think the timing of when things were posted on Instagram, it was revealed that he already hasn't been super, he's been disgruntled with something as far as where the offense is going. So the fact that those things have been said kind of says to me that he sees the writing on the wall a little bit and that he's accepted it. So that's the one that I'm also the most confident in that he is not going to be back. Um, yeah, Thielen, I just, I don't see him back because it's news to me that he decided at some point right after the season ended, like Sally talked about a couple weeks ago, it was like, Oh, we're gone. It's like, Whoa, the season just ended. Uh, it seems that they already made this decision. And if you're, if you've already had that calculation, then you're still of the assumption that you can produce. And to Ron's point, why why on earth would you take a pay cut when you know this is this is going to be your last hurrah? And so, yeah, I think he'll end up with like the the Texans or Patriots or someplace that that needs a W WR two WR three and go from there. All right, Super Bowl. I got Chiefs by a touchdown. Sally, what do you got? Oh gosh, I hope you're right. Um... <laughs> I really hope you're right. For some reason, my gut is saying the opposite, but I don't want to put that out there. So I am going to go Chiefs by 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Ron, you like to gamble a little bit. Who are you putting your money on? Um, I, I'll be putting my money on the Chiefs. Um, as far as a score, I'm not sure. Um, I I feel like it'll be a close – I think it'll end up a closer game. Um, but – Maybe the Chiefs by four. Um, I don't know if the Eagles get a last, you know, last minute field goal or something, or to pull it within a score. But uh, I think it will be tight. Um, but 
you know, all the devaluing of Patrick Mahomes to elevate other players over the course of the year kind mm-hmm. of become frustrating because clearly he's on another level. And like all year long, it was, oh, Josh Allen and, or, you know, even all the way to Joe Burrow. But the things that Mahomes does is still just incredible, um, you know. But again, health will be a major impact. And Vegas always knows. So the fact that Eagles are so favored are, uh, is. <laughs> It's a little troublesome. Yeah, Ron, the the devaluing. But it's Mahomes. plus one hundred five on the Chiefs right now, so it's not even. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the the devaluing of Mahomes for shits yeah. and giggles. Uh, that's what that's what happened with LeBron from about two thousand six to maybe twenty sixteen. Yep. We just we just had fatigue. We were just like, all right, we know this guy. He's already yep. he's good. Yep. All right, we'll, we'll be back next week. Bryant will be in the saddle. Do not let us forget to pick his brain about Flores because of the Miami connection. Um, and then we'll go over is there hitting that off season time where uh, there shouldn't be a lot of breaking news until about three weeks from now when we start to get hints on cousins contract if they extend it and then uh, you know some of the guys these cap casualties we just spoke of and then five weeks from right now actually free agency begins so anything yeah. else for the group I um I forgot all about the pro situation so we didn't talk about that but <laughs> I know Bryant watched it, mm-hmm. so we can talk about that with him too. Okay, oh, I want to awesome. know what his thoughts are <laughs> on all of it, like the new format and 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 everything, because it's obviously so different than when he played in it. Yeah. Also, when you when you said that, that just came to mind. Um, Ron, is is Bryant in that Ravens documentary at all, or no? I haven't I haven't watched it, but I think if I recall, because there was Shannon Sharp was involved, so I think mm-hmm. that's from the 2001 season. Um, oh yeah, again, yeah, yeah. What am I, I thinking? It, so. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just saw Ravens when I saw the. I didn't know how long it. it's extended yeah. or anything. No, no, no. I'm tripping. There would be yeah. no reason to have Bryant on there unless they had some little cameo about winning the thing an additional twelve years later. Yeah, oh, he was well, still well, at well, Miami at that oh. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, ask I him if he watched it. Was, it. I assumed it was the same, Dustin. I thought it was about that season. Yeah, no, no, it's the, it it's the, it's the, the 2000 defense that everybody talks about. So, all right, well, then we'll ask him about Flores. We'll ask him about the Pro Bowl, but that's all we got. And we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Later. It's cold, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.